0: You know how sound drip? Yeah. Drip, what, drip. What do you hear me doing? The, the, the thing, well, I slip, slurp. slurp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: That's what I was thinking with my noodles.
0: Slip, slurp. slurp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the eighth ever episode of Inside Outlook, the official podcast of Asian Outlook Magazine. My name's Mike, and joining me today, Sam and Katie.
0: Hi, oh, Michael. Hello. How
2: are you guys doing?
0: Hi, hi, all of Asian Outlook and all of our viewers and listeners today. Thanks for having us, Mike.
2: Thank you guys for being here. So Sam, what's your current ASU position?
0: Um, so I currently serve as the president of the Asian Student Union. Um, uh, Asian Outlook has already covered this, but Asian, uh, the Asian Student Union was founded in 1987, and I'm, I'm assuming that I'm around the 30th president to be really serving, and it's been really amazing.
2: Thank you for serving. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank
1: you for your service. <laughs> how about
2: you, Katie? What, what role are you going into next year?
0: Uh,
1: next year, I'm going to be the successor for the president <laughs> role for the Asian Student Union.
2: Big shoes to fill.
1: Uh, yes, very big shoes to fill, especially with
0: Sam as my predecessor. Even though I wear a size 5.5, <laughs> but it's okay.
2: Sam, didn't you just win uh, an award recently?
0: Yeah, um, it was actually an award given to students by the Multicultural Resource Center and the uh, Office of Division Equity, the Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, to my understanding. Um, it's awarded to students who are committed to uh, community engagement and just um, in their work as a student, but also um, as a woman on this campus. It's an award for those folks that um, have done those things. So, yeah. Congrats. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, It's kind of cool to see a lot of the work that I've been doing since I was a freshman come into fruition, (laughs) Um, and for uh, the campus to really recognize that, and for the MRC, which is the Multicultural Resource Center, as I said before, uh, for them to really build those bridges between our community and um, and an office like them on campus, too. So, yeah.
2: And Katie, congratulations to you for winning president next year.
1: Thank you, Mike.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're welcome, Katie.
1: <laughs> um, Like I said before, it's very big shoes to fill with Sam as my predecessor. She was a very good president. She, I was really happy with the way um, APAM, which is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, how it played out this year because I feel like we really reached out to our GBM more, so I would like to
0: carry through with that next
1: year.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I like it. <laughs>
0: And just for folks to know, um, APAM is actually um, celebrated in May. So, Mike, Katie, happy APAM. It's Ooh, finally May. A-Pam. Yeah, mm-hmm. super exciting. Um, and, yeah, just talking about what Katie said before, um, we've always done Asian Empowerment Week, and um, our general body members in our community definitely needed um, a week similar to A AEW in previous years. Um, I mean, the whole foundation of what a- ASU um, started on was, you know, a tackling discrimination and apathy on our campus. And Asian Empowerment Week is basically a week to uh, really do those things. And, you know, over time, like, um, the issues that our community faces um, has evolved. And I think that APAM is something that I particularly saw when I first came to uh, Binghamton is something, uh, APAM is something that I felt that our campus needed a really full, robust month of um, celebration and recognition of the work that our organizations and also our general body members um, are committed to doing, not just in ASU, but um, on campus and for the Asian American community also.
2: And are you going to keep on helping out ASU next year, do you think?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, turn an eye away from something that you've helped um, grow and be part of for so long already um, I think that as a senior like th- my commitments will definitely be different um, I'm hopefully doing a senior thesis with the Department of Asian and Asian American Studies in the mm. future um, but I'm hopefully well not hopefully I'm staying on ASU to act as a senior advisor with um, some awesome folks like Priyanka she's the current events coordinator ISMA um, she's the uh, community and political engagement chair and also my current vice president um, Karen Jung um, and we're all staying on as senior advisors to make Sure that um, the foundation of ASU is still sustainable, and we help the um, executive board um, for when it when we're needed. Really,
2: I'm sure you will be needed.
0: Oh no, don't say that. <laughs> I I'm, I really believe that it, um, ASU has its grip on what it needs to be doing Mm -hmm. um and you know that also became much more clear when we had our lunch with the Asian and Asian American Studies Department this past week um we met some of the faculty on who are specifically in the Asian American Studies discipline and they were talking about how the work that we do um is really affirming of our, com- our community's history here and that like um, we're not just here to fill our resumes kind of thing we're really here to um, you know represent our community and also make sure that we have a space for um, our students too so everyone on eboard like I'm so so glad that you guys are staying on and also that we've onboarded really awesome people too um, and they have v- such clear visions of like um, what ASU should be or um, what they can make it into for the future years too
2: I have one more congratulations to give to Katie for being the first guest to return onto a podcast
1: episode. Ah.
2: <laughs> Katie, you were one of the first uh, or the first guest on the <clears throat> first episode along with Priyanka a while back, many, many weeks back. Yeah, that
0: was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, um, Inside Outlook is started as a pilot program and p- pilot initiative really coming out from Asian Outlook. And I think that it's m- one of the most unique Initiatives that the Asian American community has put out and even so like one of the more unique initiatives that our campus has put out because you don't really see um, alternative media like podcasts and things like that really in um, Spaces for communities of color also. So it's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun and it's super cool I know as a magazine we like to sort of give voices to, to the Asian American community, but it's cool to actually hear their voices actually get a feel for what these people are like beyond just what they do for the community itself.
0: Yeah, slurp, slurp, yeah. (laughs) Slurp, slurp, okay.
2: (laughs) So you are president elect right now, Katie. Indeed. But you are also still in EC for the rest of the year, right?
1: Oh, yes I am.
2: So last time you were here, we were talking a little bit about the stresses that came with planning Asian night, which was super successful and nothing went wrong with. It went completely 100% smoothly. How is that comparing to planning a Thank You Banquet, which is as of the time that we're recording tomorrow?
1: I think Asian Night, well, of course, it required more contracts and more time commitment because I, um, Priyanka and I, my co-coordinator, and I, we had to manage all the performances as well as the guest performer and booking places, especially Oscar Howe, and m- managing the um half times and the non tech and tech rehearsals but for thank you banquet it's more of it's it's not as stressful because it's just for our e- um our e so or subgroups e-boards and of course ASCB board and it's just us thanking the RE boards as well as welcoming the new e-boards to celebrate all that we've done for the past <laughs> year
0: and it's not as big of a show
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and just another thing to add like when I was an event coordinator I thought that um, <clears throat> Thank You Banquet was more of a space to celebrate one another not really like um, it doesn't ha- like the space of course like it needs food it needs like deco things like that but um, the space becomes a very lax place to be more uh, more comfortable and of course like safe space because the entire year like we've had to deal with um, Each other. like adversity as I would say from um, the campus, the campus climate, and things like that. Um, but in during Thank You Banquet, it's really a time for us to highlight each other and provide that support and provide those, um, for example, like affirmations of what we've done the entire year too so um it's not so much asu as an executive board you know throwing mm-hmm. our affirmations at each other but it's a very much like a um it's us reciprocating our support our thanks and our gratitude for one another too so um yeah it's just super fun and like we have a lot of talented um executive board members general body members who are joining um our boards in the future too and um as katie and priyanka already know like um, gathering performers is just so hard because there are so many talented people serving on our e-boards and we definitely want to make sure that like they have a space to show their talents and things like that too and also um, in um, in an indirect way thank the organizations that they'll also be part of in the future too so.
2: yeah celebrating uh, looking back at the year definitely cool is there any <clears throat> particular event or moment that happened this year that you really like or that you look back on a lot
1: um, I think, like I said before, the Asian Pacific uh, Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, really, like, I thought it was a very impactful month full of events that reached out to our general body members. And I can honestly look back on that and think that we all care, as an e-board, we all carried out the events very well, and we thought of it very thoroughly. And I most definitely want to do it next year, of course, and that's probably like the best memory from at least this semester that I could look back on.
0: Mm. Yeah, same here. Like, um, thinking about APAM, um, the way that we organized a uh more long long, i guess like longitudinal celebration of um asian american students and the community overall since you know it's a whole month you really have to keep that momentum up from like literally the day we get back from spring break which i think was like the seventh already and that's a whole week um after like into the month already you know keeping up that building that momentum and keeping it up has actually been a really fun part of doing APAM. And it's not so much the events that, you know, I love, but it's more of like the planning process and seeing our um uh, executive board members grow from the experience of you know uh, getting hard skills in programming or outreach or publicity or things like that and you know like the meetings are super tiring as we all know already um but you know just seeing them you know grow and actually be executed has been the most rewarding part of APAM but I mean another thing from the spring semester that I really enjoyed um that you know asu has never particularly done um is you know full ownership of like not being inclusive of um other asian american identities mm-hmm. and finally doing that by celebrating um Diwali in the fall semester was it fall semester yeah fall semester. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah fall totally. semester yeah um and celebrating it with organizations that you know actually um want to spread you know these types of activities and cultures and things like that and um, when we collaborated with uh, ISU and HSA and things like that, um, organizations like them, um, it's a clear vision and a clear attitude of like we, this is the direction we want to be going into and that program, that event actually was really informal, informative for me and also educational and it was just really fun too, so yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a cool event, it was super fun. Um... So you were talking about how you could see your own executive board growing. And definitely, yeah, it feels like a community, like a family. Is it hard to see that in the subgroups and their e-boards? Or is that easy to see from a president's perspective? Do you feel like you have a close bond with the rest of the e-boards?
0: Um Well, it's actually really funny because... Um... I've seen executive boards grow not just within this ac- uh, academic year. Uh, since I joined as an intern, I've actually I've actually been pretty critical of like where we, as a whole organization, as a whole entity of ASU, um, could be going. And I've built relationships with past leadership, past presidents, and things like that. And um, I've only really been able to have those conscious conversations with them after they graduated. And those conscious those conversations have provided a lot of direction of where I want. Um, our organization in whole to go and that's mainly led by the presidents who are the other board of directors too so um, I think that in developing those relationships with past leadership I've been able to serve um, this specific I guess priority well and um, that I can communicate communicate clearly with the leadership now and uh, folks that I know on the executive boards that like, hey, in the past, these initiatives, you know, weren't in the strongest direction. They were... Um- could have been improved like things like that and um building that com- line of communication from the early on from early on of like when i was a freshman was really important because like now we're here like i'm a junior now um and i see a lot of my friends going into those leadership and they still hold true to a lot of the um, conversations that we've had in the past so i'm um, just like one quick shout out like i know that christian Arise, he's going to be the new president of pal um, i met him my freshman year and when we were you know just getting in the groove of joining organizations and things like that like um he joined on as an educational intern and he being the educational chair. And, you know, now like through the programming this that we've seen this academic year, I think that him being president really poses um, a strong vision of where um, an organization like PAL representing Asian-Americans and Filipino-American Ameri- students, um, you know, is a representation of um, the communication that we've built over the years too. So yeah, sorry, that was like kind of long, but yeah. <laughs> Shout, Shout out to yeah. Christian. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's definitely super cool thinking about how all of those people you've met and mingled with have sort of helped build up to what ASU, to who you are now, Mm -hmm. Uh, and even before that, people who you haven't directly met, how Mm -hmm. they're influencing you down the line. Yeah, word. I know. We interviewed Darren, and he has this idea of ghosts and how you're always influenced by uh, the people and the spirits in your past. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool stuff. (laughs) Um, So I didn't want to make this sound like an interview question. Mm -hmm. But why do you do what you do, putting in all this work and all these hours and doing all the stuff that you have to do? What made you uh, start getting engaged with the community and what makes you stay?
1: I mean, for me, I grew up in a very Caucasian based uh, suburban area, Poughkeepsie, and and I wasn't really exposed to any other Asians or Asian-Americans and that officially changed when i entered binghamton because i transferred here my spring semester of my freshman year and that is when asu came about and my sister actually graduated from here and she encouraged me to come and join and see like what the community was about and see if i would be into it or not and if not i could just you know do my own thing but then i realized how big asu would have an impact on me if I join. So then I went for and I entered and I realized what such a supportive group of individuals that executive board was and I even met um plenty of other people like I met so many other many of my close friends to the, to this day are involved in ASU in some way. So I think ASU is very is very impactful on my college experience so far.
0: Yeah. Um and i guess like the reason why i do it um i think back to something that um a past uh employer I guess or a past mentor of mine um she's still a mentor of mine um what she told me and this was specifically about like having balance within like uh like the political arena of having people who organize um in the community who are grassroots organizers and then having those who are um local elected officials and then from there having elected officials um on the capital and like at the on the hill and like doing the things on a more federal state level and then there are those where um, there are folks that need to be in place to organize those elected officials um to be fundraisers to be um you know advisors legislators like people in the legislature and things like that and she explained all of this um this huge dynamic as an ecosystem and she was saying that you need folks um who look like you who um have same mindset same world views as you to be in those places because um in all you need Effective people in all levels of government and I personally think and that I personally think that that translated super well for me when I joined ASU um, And there are students who are Asian American who you know um, Aren't involved in our organization and that's totally fine because there are folks that they are folks that um, Represent themselves represent our community in other spaces and I personally think that um, with my experiences um, This is just a place where I found um, growth, like Katie was talking about, um, and this is also a place where I felt that um, Asian American students needed more representation, just within within communities of color, um, within the SA, the Student Association, for example, and also on this campus, because I think that um, if not me, if then who, and if not now, then when. Um, and I personally think that if I wasn't doing this, my act and. My time here at Binghamton, um, I can't foresee where this organization would be, per se. Um, but I know that since I joined, the leaders before me and those who served um, on ASU and were general bodies um, really took it in the direction of being intentional with the programming and also making sure that this organization um, had a strong foundation for future leaders like Katie herself and, you know, Mike himself, too. So, yeah. And just so I guess, like, to go back to the question, uh, my involvement really started because I wanted to be that fresh, but be that upperclassman, be that sophomore, to, you know, have my arms open for underclassmen or transfer students that came to, to Binghamton University. Because um, if they weren't going to see faces like mine in leadership, then who were they going to see um, if it wasn't us too? So, yeah.
2: So I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned mentors and almost taking on a mentoring role uh, yourself, or definitely taking on that role. It's sort of uh, a running theme that we're trying to touch on in every episode. Who are some people or some groups even, some communities that you guys look up to as mentors, some people you want to give shout outs to or talk about uh, anonymously.
0: Okay, Um, I'll take that first. So um, this year, I would say, is a year where I've been tremendously politicized by our campus campus community and the campus climate um, when it comes to students of color being discriminated against. and also being marginalized even further than, you know, where we are already. Um, and one particular group or mentor, I guess a group of mentors that I'd like to really shout out is um, to my folks at HEAT. Uh, it's the Human Development, Emancipatory, H- Human Development Emancipatory Activist Task Force, otherwise known as HEAT. And, you know, like they really bring you know bring the heat to the campus they like they really tackle the issues that none of us really want to talk about and I personally was one of those people that um, were ignorant in the past like I mean joining ASU my freshman year like I knew I wanted to uplift the voices of Asian American students but joining heat was a real place for me to acknowledge that solidarity among communities of color really needs to happen. And it was folks there, the upperclassmen and also the seniors that are graduating right now, for example. Um, and also my friend Sarah, like they've all been the people to push me out of my um, comfort zone and really talk about these issues and um, raise questions for those, thing also, those things also. Um, but besides from heat, like I have really strong headed professors and um at Binghamton University. Um, one of them is Professor Mara Segan, who's um, an Asian American Studies professor here, and she's been a mentor of mine since, you know, sophomore year when I first had her. And it's just like, super amazing that I can still go to her for things, even though I'm not taking her classes anymore. Um, just knowing that there are students who took on this work, like being on ASU and stuff like that, um, who are who have fa- found their ways back at Binghamton University. Binghamton um, to still do the work that they do um, has been really helpful and supportive in my time here. So, yeah.
2: Has the climate changed a lot since last year?
0: <clears throat> um, what do you mean? Like, sp- specifically what I was talking about before? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
0: I guess um, to use, like, I statements, really, it's what I've seen the campus change to. I think that um, I can't even build, like, a mental timeline of everything that's happened. But since I was a freshman, like, I was noticing that there has been a lot of um, there have been a lot of incidents that have just gone under the rug, and um, if I was a person, if I was a person that didn't have spaces to talk about the issues that were affecting me, or even the incidents that um, affect me, I think that like I would have never talked about it, and I would have never been in the place where I am right now to speak so freely about um, the injustices that we're <clears throat> facing. And um, yeah, I think that in my perspective, the it has changed a lot, but it's only because it's predominantly because of the folks that I surround myself with with that have changed that for me, so, yes. I think
1: for me, um, rather than a mentor, someone, not someone, um, a group of individuals that I look up to is a fellow um, executive board, which is um, also within the Asian American community, which is ISU, um, I think they bring up a lot of different events. I mean, they bring up a lot of um, educational events that um, specifically I relate to, because, um, well, my mother was born in India, and so like, I like have like different, like, <laughs> cultures, like, all up on me at home. But, um, um, they had a, one event that was called, um, uh, I forgot what it was called. It was basically about, um, skin bleaching with, um, the Fair and, um, uh, Fair and, uh, Fair and Beauty or something. It's it basically this, like, really famous cream that's, like, it's, like, a billionaire company within India, and it basically lightens everyone's skin. And, like, me personally, like, I, like, dealt with that, like, as a kid, like, growing up. But um other than that, like, I know Isu has, like, a, a lot of other educational events that I really admire. But um if I were, like, to say, like, a mentor and a more like professional sense I would honestly say Sam because she (laughs) of course (laughs) from um I'm literally following her footsteps from being an EC intern to being um events coordinator to being president and um she's really shown me throughout um my experience on ASUE board what it really means to commit to an executive board and what it means to pull through in time in regards to um event planning and in regards to leadership. (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> I hear you. Thanks.
1: Sam, first of all, what what's an
2: I statement that you talked about before?
0: Oh, um, an I statement and is is just a guideline that folks should walk within of just owning up to your opinions and worldviews. Because oftentimes when we talk about a community or we talk about like a specific group of people, we like to make a some and see in in that self already like um I personally <laughs> make assu- assumptions about said like whatever I'm talking about um and you probably heard me just before like when I was saying we like I can't make those assumptions of other people's views so when I mm. say to use I statements um it means to really own your perspective and make sure that you're not speaking for people or mm. over people either um and I and what's so funny is like I pulled this I mean not I pulled this um I presented this um I guess, like, practice to my executive board at the beginning of of the year. And from the beginning, like, I've actually really seen a lot of my executive boards take that um, in the steps of life, really. Like, when they're on the executive board, they really own up to um, their thoughts. They really own up to their views and things like that without literally saying, like, I remember listening to you saying that. (laughs) Like, it's more of just, like, they take it with them. And I think that um, when we use I-statements, it gives us a stronger voice because we aren't because you or myself aren't hiding behind an imagination of like what we is so yes
2: and someone as socially aware as you as culturally aware as you is it even possible to get other people interested in that kind of thing if they don't naturally have any interest
0: uh what do you mean particularly like um issue based advocacy things like that or
2: yeah things about issues Mm -hmm. things about uh, other communities and problems Mm -hmm. that they might be having Mm -hmm.
0: Um, you know, that's actually a question that I've grappled with for quite a long time now. Um, especially, uh, last year when I was an event coordinator, um, I was, you know, really looking at the community and really looking at myself, um, in a more of a, in more of a reflection and thinking of, like, how is the programming that I'm producing this academic year or how is the programming that I've seen coming out of ASU and our subgroups a representation of voices that aren't in the room? And I think that, um, one big thing was that those voices aren't in the room planning those events in the first place. And, um, I really took that to heart on how we, um, you know, found interns this academic year, for example, and even how we did our programming. And, um, wait, can you go back to your question? I'm so sorry. I was Uh, almost there.
2: Just talking about Oh yeah, how to get people involved. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, um, so alongside of like the people, the voices that we aren't hearing being in the planning room, um, I thought more of like, oh, those voices that we should be uplifting probably have a lot of things that they want to see in our events too. They probably want have a lot of things and ideas that they want to shed light to also in our programming. So um, I personally thought that creating the community and political engagement chair would have been one way to um, get people more engaged in the community and issues and th- that affect the community and things like that. So, um, you know, cre- creating change within a structure like ASU was one way of, like grappling with how we um, uh, get people more involved in stuff like that. And I think it's been a strong reflection of like how we've been been able to retain the position and how we've also been able to build relationships with other student organizations representing communities of color too. Um, And it means like turning out to each other's events and um, also seeing like um how we can be of support to one another also in our community events and also um just being part of gen- general body membership too so yeah i hope that answers your question yeah yeah definitely
2: um i got one more question for you guys <laughs> when you look back to the funniest moment or a funny favorite moment of the oh, year God. what are you thinking about i know
1: exactly what i'm thinking of. <laughs> okay
0: so wait i think i mentioned this and in... never mind you go first i mentioned <laughs> my
1: Asian, i think well
0: you gotta change it then um, there must be another second funny funniest, Second yeah. funniest. <laughs> Or there must be another funny moment. But for me, I think it was... It's, it's, it was funny and it was also a very wholesome moment. Um, it was actually the time of my birthday. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and usually, like... Yo, full, like full transparency i'm usually the one that throws the most like obnoxious surprises for my org, like for my org members and for my um executive board members like for katie's birthday last year in 2017 <laughs> um we had three march babies um and we like we're like oh shit like we have breaks soon so we have to like try to celebrate all in one so we bought three cakes and we basically created like three separate group chats (laughs) with one another to fake like fake out each other and say like oh we're celebrating this person's birthday for this person um and when we do those really obnoxious um celebrations i never think that it's gonna be a reciprocated effort because like maybe people just don't have time so for my birthday in 2017 um a bunch of my executive board members planned a little celebration in my apartment and they brought like like 10 bags of uh, ramen they bought me like a lot of like food they bought me cake and I didn't know this was happening so I took my my um, apartment mate Karen out of the apartment to get Panera like we literally walked like 30 minutes like 15 minutes okay not 30 but like 15 20 minutes to Panera and we stayed there for like almost an hour and a half and then we came back all my like executive board members were just sitting there just like where were you <laughs> and so just like coming home to that was like really funny and that was probably the funniest moment for me. Coming back to the kids. Yeah, yeah coming yeah. back to the kids that I didn't even know were there. So, yeah. <laughs> I think the
1: funniest part was that we were all supposed to scream surprise. But I didn't hear her coming through the door. <laughs> so, I was walking past the door and go, trying to go into the kitchen to check on the ramen. But, like, Sam literally just walked in and looked at me. And I was like, surprise! <laughs> like, it was, it, was so, it was so bad. But yeah, it was funny. It was, so like, Oh, my God. Yeah. It was
0: like... I was like what the heck like how could how could this have been planned like I was so nonchalant at Panera and like Karen she was like checking her phone constantly and I was like I don't know why like you probably have work to do so maybe I'll rush but this is also my birthday so I'm not gonna rush <laughs> eating my soup so by the time we got yeah. back it was like an hour past since they got there so. Yeah, we were just sitting there thinking <laughs> so I felt so bad but it was actually the fun- one of the funniest moments of my time doing ASU so, Okay, yeah.
2: with that guys thank you so much for coming down
0: yeah no, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having yeah. us, Mike. <laughs> and also, like, shout out to Inside Outlook. This is, like, the eighth episode. Yes, said. yes.
2: The last one of the semester. Yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to so many more. Like, I think that um, this is a really important platform for students to really, um, you know, share their experiences and share their perspectives. Like, yo, if you look into Asian Outlook from, like, the 1990s, mm, like, you'll mm-hmm. see how, like, you um, you know how driven folks were and like not not that they aren't right now but you can really see how like strong their voices were and how like elevated they made sure they were um on these platforms like this too so yeah thank you so much for having us mike thank you guys thank for you. coming
2: we'll see you guys next time yay slurp,
0: slurp. Okay. Drift, <laughs>